Live from Members Only Studios, welcome to Living in the 80s, the podcast where we talk about anything and everything having to do with the 1980s, the best that we remember. This week we are going to do a replay episode from 2020. Me and the guys have a lot of fun with our friend Randy, and this podcast we're talking about action movies. It originated from a poll we did on the Facebook page where we wanted to find out the top five action movies, and we did a whole podcast around it. So we had everybody vote. Come to find out, Randy hadn't seen all of the movies. He was able to talk pretty fluently about many of them, but it was a lot of fun, and we like to tease about that. So next week, Kevin, Matt, Snowball, and myself will be back talking about some of our favorite action movies. So in the meantime, enjoy this podcast from 2020, and we'll be back in action next week. Thanks and enjoy. This old-time radio program was originally aired live long before the advent of High Fidelity. Josie's on a vacation far away. Bueller. Bueller. Nobody puts a baby in a corner. I want my MTV. I want my MTV. Are you telling me you built a time machine? Out of a DeLorean? Welcome to the party, pal! Hello, welcome to another edition of Living in the 80s. I'm Rob. I am with my good friend Randy. Randy, thanks for coming today. Thank you for having me again. Those of you that have listened to the podcast, Randy is mentioned almost every week in some way. <laughs> My name is Randy. I was hurt by a truck. We don't really know how or why, but Randy is a good friend of the show, so he ends up being mentioned a lot. Me and Kevin talked about him last week. and Oh, I haven't heard that one yet. <laughs> it's, that, it's that squeaky wheel gets the grease kind of thing. I think. I think it's what it was. Well, I think it all started back early on when me and Matt were, were hosting, we were I don't know how it got brought up, so Randy decided to call us out like on errors we made. I think it was on forgetting Woody's name on Cheers. So after that... Yeah, I messaged you guys. <laughs> yeah. So after that, we've just kind of made Randy part of the foolishness around here, so that's kind of where we're at. But today we're going to be talking about 80s action movies. Correct. So before we get to that, I wanted to thank you guys, first of all, for tuning in again. This is episode 11, so very, very happy we've made it this far. They say the average podcast lasts six episodes. Oh, wow. So Randy uh, also co-hosts a podcast called Buckhorn, what is it, Buckhorn? Buckhorn Podcast. Buckhorn, very easy. Yeah, very simple. So it's a very fun one, so if you want to... See a couple guys hanging out, talking about whatever comes up. That is a great podcast. So how many? How long have you guys been doing that? Uh, June will be two years. We are, uh, as of now, we have released 95 episodes, uh, weekly episodes. Wow. I believe. Uh, we, well, it's 95 episodes and a couple side episodes that we haven't counted that number. Um, so, yeah, we're nearing our big 100. That's cool. So, so do you, you do it every week, correct? Every week. Nice. Every Tuesday night. At 9 o'clock, I believe, is when it drops. Oh, that's cool. A little housekeeping here. Uh, our Facebook page has grown by 13 more members this week. We're now up to 1,067 people that just can't get enough of the 80s. So thank you guys for, for all of that and for just getting on on the page and contributing. And thanks for listening to the podcast. So uh, next week, uh, 
Now, we'll talk about next week later. But uh, for right now, uh, we're talking about 80s uh, action movies. And I think the action movie came of age in the 80s. as a young kid, I remember some some shows, some movies like uh, Dirty Harry and maybe The French Connection. A lot of car chasing, some shooting, things like that. But in the eighties, it was on. Yeah, I think I think the uh, maybe I don't know if I'm going to say it's the right way, but the technological advances around that time um, and the, the writing and cinematography, I think, really skyrocketed as far as special effects and things. Uh, Last night, it's funny, I was, I was reading, kind of researching for this, but watching True Grit, the original one from 1969. Uh, John Wayne. I've never seen it. And it's been in my Netflix list. I was scrolling through last night. Full on quarantine. You know, I worked from home yesterday. So. Borentine. Uh, is that why you're in yeah, quarantine, but uh, bored? Exactly. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I was watching True Grit, and, and I was watching the, the action scenes there. A lot of gunfights, right? Um, a lot of the, uh, you know, hand in combat a little bit. Uh, but the the scene where they go catch these guys in a in a little cave cabin thing, um, the one guy gets shot in the leg, and then him and his buddy get in a fight, and they one stabs the other. John Wayne shoots that guy, and he he chops the one guy chops off his finger. I was like watching all the the action scene that was happening here, and the special effects, and kind of realizing that in 1969, I'm sure that's pretty far advanced. But I was reading about things like RoboCop, Terminator, Top Gun. And what all went into making these movies. So I think you're right. I think the 80s was a really, really a catalyst that catapulted action movies into the 90s and what we see today. Right. When we get into the conversation here, now, why did I have Randy? Well, I had Randy along because he's one of my, my favorite guys, one of my best friends. Having him along to join the conversation is really good. You're not going to get biting commentary on here about you know who the key grip was. On no. Predator, who Arnold's dialect coach was. We don't care. We want to talk about no. our favorite things that we saw blow up and people that got killed and things like that. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I don't, I, I don't care about who was behind the camera. I care about what I saw on the screen and how it made me feel. Me too, which is why I think this will be so much fun. So what we're going to do, uh, Randy, is we're going to go through this list here. And we'll, we'll, we're going to comment on all of them. We're going to concentrate on the top five. Okay. But uh, how many do we have total? Uh, about ten. Okay, not bad. So these all received some votes, but that we're gonna, like I said, anyhow, we'll get to it. So the first movie, First Blood, Sylvester Stallone. I have never seen this one. Okay, there's there's a few on this list. Now here's the thing too that <laughs> when you first told me you wanted me back on, I, I'll I'll be on the show as much as you want me. You're like you said, you're one of my best friends. But I was born in 1983, so there's only so many movies I was allowed to see in the 80s. Some of them I've seen, but I didn't see them until, you know, on VHS in the 90s or something. Sure. But First Blood, I don't really know much about. So First Blood was the first in the Rambo series. So Sylvester Stallone's a Vietnam vet. Uh, He's traveling through a town, gets messed with by the local cops, and you don't mess with Rambo. Right. He will blow up your town or whatever. So uh, I haven't seen it in a few years, but I remember liking it. So it's a good movie. So that got that got some votes. Uh, next one is Commando, starring who? Uh, Schwarzenegger, right? Yes, yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. I don't remember much about this movie either. I remember it being out. Uh, now, one thing you got to remember about 
the 80s, not only is this when the action movie came into vogue, but the action hero, the stars. Like, Arnold Schwarzenegger would not have any kind of career, would not have been the governor of California if it wasn't for his action movies and how he was on the screen a lot back then. People got to know him. He is not going to be doing Das Boot. He's not going to be doing The Pianist. He's not doing those things. He's doing things like Predator. Yeah, yeah. So. Uh, yeah, I think um, it's always funny because talking action movies, you think of some of these guys that are larger in life. Back in the 80s, like we said, you watch superhero movie, action movies today, it's all CGI, right? Right. Well, back then, we had Arnold. You had Sylvester Stallone. Lou Ferrigno played Hulk. You had these guys that were pro-wrestle level. I, I don't know if you guys have met many pro wrestlers. Yes. But when I worked at security at Nationwide Arena when I was younger, I did. Now, pro wrestlers, when they're on the screen or on the stage, they're all, you know, you got some that are bigger than others. You got, you know, the big show and you've got Andre the Giant. But for the most part, most wrestlers, uh, especially in the 80s at least, were big, muscular, just ripped guys. Uh, and I'm 6'1". I'm not a small guy. Uh, I'm 6'1 and perfectly unchiseled. And <laughs> You're chiseled. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm unfinished. Uh, but the, these wrestlers I met, you know, they're six, six, seven foot tall. And when they're all standing next to each other, you don't notice that. Right. These guys, not height wise, but the muscle wise, the bulk, the look, cause you know, I'm looking at this commando screenshot. He's it's, jacked. It, it's Arnold just totally in his prime holding a fully automatic machine gun. <laughs> you know, it's like, this is, this is what made us as young guys back then go. Yes. Like we were living vicariously through that moment. Oh yeah. And then you go into the 90s and you see him in junior. <laughs> Get yeah. her cop. Jingle all the way. So yeah. it's like, you're, you're right. It's, I, I think this is like one of 80s action movies took these guys and made them. Yes. What they were in the, you know, in the coming years. I agree with you on that. Agreed. And, and looking at these, like Commando, like I know I saw it back then, but seeing this list here makes me want to go back and watch that movie in particular. Just because... It'll almost be like watching it new, because I'm sure I watched it in the 80s. So it may have been over 30 years since I've actually seen this movie. Yeah. So it'll be like watching it for the first time. Our next movie, it, it you know, when, when I think of action movies and action heroes and stuff, I'm thinking of Bruce Willis, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Chuck Norris, those guys. I don't think of Eddie Murphy. No. When I think of Eddie Murphy, I think of Coming to America... Yes. Or, like, Daddy Daycare. <laughs> Me like, too. I don't, not even brawl, not even stand-up. Like, <laughs> Me the, too. the comedic side of Eddie Murphy. Yeah, so, Beverly Hills Cop. Yeah. Is an action movie. It has everything that any other action movie has, except for more humor than most. Yeah, and that's the thing, too. There Now, a lot of these, when I was studying yesterday, I was looking at some of them, um, and I don't know where I would rank a lot of them, as far right. as action movies, but you've got the ones that have the comedic side, and then you've got... You know, Tim Burton's Batman. Right. It's a very dark tale and a very dark story. Yeah. Um, and I look at it, and there are parts of that where I go, okay, there's action because there's fighting, but then there's a lot of drama. Or there's a lot, there, I, there's a lot of these movies that are action movies that also are comedic. Or One of, one of our top five, and we'll get to in a little bit, I don't consider an action movie, but is one of my favorite movies. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But Beverly Hills Cop... Axel Foley is, yes. a, is a Detroit police officer, mm -hmm. and he has a buddy that's in Los Angeles that gets murdered. 
And so he goes out there to snoop around, takes a vacation, seeing what's going on. And I tell you, there's so many one-liners in that movie. Uh, just his character, his interaction with Judge Reinhold. Like, that whole thing is gold. I saw this, I probably rewatched this about a year, year and a half ago. And I, I'm laughing at all the same same old crap. Yeah. <laughs> when when he is when he is with Damon Wayans, and he gives him a banana for the tailpipe, and Damon is playing like a gay waiter. <laughs> for one, that's the first time we've seen any Wayans person ever yeah. was Damon in Beverly Hills Cop. And I'm like that guy's funny. And then you get to see him later on in roles, and you go back to that, it's just even funnier. Yeah. So he shoves a banana in the tailpipe, and the and the um, and the, there's the gay innuendo, <laughs> which is always funny to me. Me too. I, I don't care what anybody says. I don't care how people want to live their life. But jokes are jokes, and if it's funny, I'm going to say it's funny. Me too. Like I, I am perpetually in my mind thirteen. Yes. Like fart jokes. Fart jo- yes. I'm laughing at them. I was going to say. I'm laughing. Farts at them. are always funny. Yes. Especially that, the inappropriate ones. That is God's little way of giving you a gift to share with, <laughs> to share with, with the, the world. world. That you have no real control, like like you can control the inflection of your voice. Yeah, you can. no, no, because the ones you think are going to be quiet in the church service are the ones that come out just blaring. Like, they bounce off a wooden yeah, pew. <laughs> You're done. It's one of my favorite stories of Kevin, <laughs> my brother. Do we tell. Were at, we were at Grace, and uh, I mean, he was young. He was six, seven, eight years old, and he knows the story. I still bring it up to this day. And, uh, man, we're, you know, all dressed to the nines. We're on those old wooden pews. Left side of the old sanctuary. I know you can picture it. Fourth row back. And uh, we're at a revival. Troy Orver is preaching. So, you know, he's up there. Hellfire the Hellfire brimstone. Hellfire brimstone. And it gets to the serious point. And somebody came to church and got there a little bit late. One of our pews was, Kevin goes to Scooty, lifts that cheek. And he slides. And it was like a trombone slide. Down the whole pew. And my mom looked at him as embarrassed as could be. And Kevin just looked up at us in his little tiny kid voice and went, oops. <laughs> and of course, by this time, I was like 10 or 11 and I lost it. And to this day, I can picture his face and hear that trombone side fart down the wooden pew. It is one of my all-time favorite me- memories of my brother. Uh, love him to death, but man, I've got tears in my eyes telling it again. I do too. One of my greatest memories I've... of... <laughs> Oh, so funny. It was like a fart on a wooden chair and pew's funny, but with the slide, brrrr, all the way down. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Oh, my goodness. Trombone fart. You can't beat it. <laughs> no, you can't. I've had I've had some similar stories, too. Oh, man. Wow. That, that... <laughs> yes, we're completely unscripted this week, ladies and gentlemen. We are. This, this is... More well, my podcast style. Welcome to a conversation, <laughs> a typical conversation with Rob and Randy. That's yep. what this is today. Barking so, at- by the way, I forgot to mention, I am now in my new studio. Yeah. Uh, welcome to Rubik's Studio. That's what I'm going to call it. I just nice. saw my Rubik's Cube and thought that's what we'll call Perfect. it. Perfect. I love it. So, so basically, up until now, I have um, done things for my dining room table. Uh, I, I, I do some work from home over the last few weeks. That's all I've been doing. So I've got this area in the basement that I have converted into an office space, and I've got all these collectible things that I've had in boxes for a long time, and they are all on display, and got pictures of my family, my kids down here, so lots of Rob memorabilia, so. uh. Yeah, it's nice. I also like there when you said uh, 
You got all these things? You kind of had a Jason Collins moment there. <laughs> moment for a minute. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So talk about funny guys. Jeez. Oh, Jason, is, Jason is comedy gold. So, anyhow, Jason, Farts, Beverly Hills Cop. <laughs> all tied together. go hand in hand. Yeah, same thing. <laughs> all righty. Our next movie here we're going to talk about is Predator. Yes. Another Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. So, Predator is... Uh, Arnold, again, I, I don't remember much about it. I remember, like, the Predator beast in the jungle. I remember yeah. Jesse the Body Ventura is in it. Um, he's killing people, the Predator is, and Arnold's got to hunt him down. Yeah, so here, again, I've got a list that we don't have the same list as the one I studied, but it's got... Look at the screenshot. It's the same as Commando. I mean, you just got this guy that's larger than life. <laughs> Jacked up, guns Huge out. Huge guns. You know, he's <laughs> carrying like a cannon. Um, and, yeah, I think this was this was just a great time for those manly action movies. I mean, this is yeah. like G.I. Joe toy era. Those guys put it on the screen. Oh, yeah. And this was what, I, I think, as, as a kid, you kind of get... I kind of got that romanticized version of like being in the military. Like, everybody's this super oh, yeah. tough... Hard, just like the U.S. Army awesome. should have used that as like recruiting videos. Uh, yeah, yeah, because you know it, it just makes everything look so cool. Uh, and Predators one, I don't really remember seeing. I honestly can't tell you if I've seen it all the way through or not. Uh, when I really learned about Predator and Aliens, which was you know I don't know if it's on the list, but was the Predator vs. Aliens mm-hmm. thing that came out. And uh, but you know th- this is one that's one still grown up. I knew of it was very prominent in the eighties. Oh yeah, yep. Um, a lot of votes for it. Uh, again, it's this one doesn't draw me back to watch it again, but Commando does. I, I have to watch that. The next one on our list was would probably be my oh one or two if I were making the list. And what number is that here? Uh, we are at number seven. Seven. Okay. Uh, Red Dawn. <laughs> Wolverines. Don't say that out loud. Here's what's funny. They should have called him something else. They, they should have. We're um, guys. What's funny, though, this is one of those movies I know a lot about and I've never watched. Are you it's, serious? It's in my list. Dude, I've Dude. got a list. Hold on. Full disclosure, because I'm I'm going to be open and honest. I have failed so hard in watching man movies over the years, which is why it's funny you asked me to be on this one, but like Scarface, um, Godfather, uh, not to say just movies that I know I need to see that I haven't, and this is one of them. I know a lot of the pop culture around it. I've yeah. seen bits and pieces. Mm-hmm. I know the storyline, but I've not like sat down and been able to focus and watch it all the way through. Goodness gracious, Randy! This this is a this is a Randy movie. You would love this movie. So I know you know a lot of pop culture. I'll give the kids a uh, a refresher and what this is. So the small town, um, Patrick Swayze. Uh, C. Thomas Howell is in it, Charlie Sheen, Jennifer Grey, Leah Thompson. These guys are all in in, in high school, and during class, uh, these Russians parachute down, and they take over the town. And these guys escape, and so they go up to the hills, and they sneak back in and get like guns and things like that. So they're, these seven teenage kids are at war with the Russians. Yeah. And, uh, Which would go really well. In yes, reality. yes. <laughs> they they remade it a couple years ago and didn't do a good, didn't do a bad job. But that original is that was that's timeless. That's I mean, it's obviously iconic because 
I'd never seen it, but I could tell, like I said, I can tell you the story. I knew that they were battling the Russians. I knew they were high school kids. So that right there tells me, yes, it's one I've got to see. Oh, yeah. Uh, but like I said, I watched True Grit from 1969 last night for the first time. Like, I've got a list 200, you know, items long of what I need to see. This is on there. <laughs> yeah. Make, I will watch it. Make sure you put this high on your list because it's a really good one. Uh, so Red Dawn got a lot of votes. Uh, one of my very favorites. The next one, and this is number six, before we get into the top five, uh, Terminator. So this is the third Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. Yeah, and there's a reason. Like like we said, well, you said, the 80s action movies made his career. Oh, yeah. Terminator's one that has definitely stood the test of time. They've sure. made sequels, they've remade it, you know, yeah. the whole Sarah Connor story. I've not seen them all. Mm. I've seen Terminator. I know the story. I haven't seen the newer ones, really. Um, I I got in this real bad uh, law with action movies in like the mid-2000s when they're remaking all the old ones. Yeah. Everything in the theater was just a remake. Mm-hmm. I kind of just fell out of it. Um, sure. I don't want to see my favorite movies ruined. Mm-hmm. Uh, the new Ghostbusters. Won't watch it. Yeah. Didn't watch it. Don't care that it's a female cast. It's terrible. I just don't want to watch a bad movie, or I don't want it to become a political kind of like a, we're going to do this to show... You know, empowering women. You want to do a female female Ghostbusters, fine. Call it Ghostbusters 3, Revenge of the Foot Clan, or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> Foot but Clan. Don't make, yeah, don't try to remake the classic, you know? Yeah. It's like, it, some of these old movies, it, and actors have passed away. Yeah. They have made these roles iconic, like on one of your posts that talked about... Um, who was it? Doc Brown, I think. The, mm-hmm. the cast of characters that they wanted to play Doc Brown. Yeah. And I looked at it and go, man, that's a great list of actors. Yeah. But I couldn't imagine anybody else doing it. Well, it's funny because I'm on the other camp. Like, I I, I love um, Back to the Future, the whole trilogy. Yeah. E- even, too, the one that everyone hammers. I love that one. No, I do, too. I mean, like, what can you not like? And Christopher Lloyd does a great job as Doc Brown. But that is one role that I could see different pieces and parts being, you know, kind of put in there. I I put on there, I think Joe Piscopo would have made a great Christopher Lloyd. Like, he gets forgotten about because <laughs> of the Saturday Brown. Night. Yeah, Not yeah, yeah. He, well, he probably could play him. Play, yeah. Yeah, but uh, Joe Piscopo gets, uh, he doesn't get the credit he is due back in the SNL days. Just because Eddie Murphy was the guy, yeah. the star. Joe Piscopo was the number two. And then... A cast of characters like Julia Louis Dreyfus, um, Tim Kazarinsky, some yeah. of those other guys—they were good. They were. It's just supporting. hard to stay in the shadows of a guy like. Yes. Well, it's, if it's Eddie like, hadn't been there, Joe Piscopo yeah. would have been the Dan Aykroyd or the Bill Murray. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Um, and that's why I looked at that list for a while, and I was kind of thinking about how I should reply because there are so many of the guys. Like I said, I looked at it and went, they could have easily filled that role. Sure. And made it just as iconic of a movie. Right. It's just hard for me to picture it. Like now, if I could watch it. With somebody saying I could go, then I could compare. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Piscopo would have been a good one, I think. There's a few I don't remember the list off the top of my head, but there was a few on that list I thought. I think would be Jeff great. Goldblum was one, which I could see him in the role, but I don't see him doing a good job in the role. The, I think he would do that role more like he did the role in um, Independence Day. Oh yeah, that sciencey kind of you know. So yeah. he'd, he'd still have his funny, dry one-liners. Yeah. But with Christopher Lloyd, it was more of that erratic scientist. Yeah, yeah I, I think that's what was needed. Yeah, I could see Jeff Goldblum doing like sort of like trying to co-star versus being the supporting role that Doc yeah. Brown was. I think Christopher Lloyd did a good job of Comedy. knowing what that character should be and being that guy. Not like people aren't didn't watch Back to the Future for Doc Brown. They watched it for Marty McFly. So I, I think 
Jeff Goldblum would have brought more of a co-star versus a yeah. supporting role. So, but anyway, um, back to, uh, to Terminator. Terminator. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I saw the first couple. And I think I, I probably saw one or two of the sequels. I, I'm pretty sure. I kind of lost track, and I think there's another one coming out. It's just you know they've they've done it. The story's been done. Yeah, and that's what but they keep going back to it. God bless Linda Hamilton. She keeps she <laughs> right. ends up in every. I mean, she needs a paycheck. I, I mean, I, I I understand. Yeah, they're gonna pay you. Keep coming back, but I think the story itself has been pretty beat. <laughs> so. The thing with Terminator too, though, again, it stood the test of time because it's got one of the most quoted movie lines ever in any genre. Yeah, I'll be back. Yep. Right? We've said that how many times? Hundreds. Hundreds. And and every single time, everybody knows what it's referencing. Yep. I'd, I'd be willing to bet younger generations have said that in that style of voice or whatever, not knowing what it was from. I'm pretty sure you're right. Very iconic. <laughs> so that that ends up our bottom tier, or our first half. Um, we're going to be back here in just a second, and we will go and talk about our top five action movies of the 80s. Chuck Norris, Karate Commandos. Break it up, crack it down, fight forces of evil, wherever they're found. Figures sold separately. Location Tibet. Assignment recover stolen microchip. Protecting it was Super Ninja. Hi-ya! First, Kimo stood up to him. Hi-ya! And was downed. Then Reed Smith flew in. Hi-ya! And was grounded. But now it's his karate against mine. Hi-ya! Chuck Norris, Karate Commandos. Chuck Norris, Super Ninja, Reed Smith, Kimo, and other figures sold separately. New from Kenner. Number five. The number five movie as voted by you, the people. Top Gun. This movie is uh, one of my favorite 80s movies, period. I never really... To me, I don't... I don't see this as much of an action movie versus a romance movie slash buddy movie because you got the relationship with Maverick and Goose and then that's the romance that's the romance (laughs) that they don't talk about that's that's the bromance yes and then um, it's kind of like Armageddon right yeah you've got the action but there's that that love story with with uh, Liv Tyler Tyler and and Ben Affleck yeah um, (laughs) I, I, I I I can't speak clearly apparently I, Guys, I, I, listen. I, I, out out of the break, we were telling more fart stories. <laughs> so funny! <laughs> oh, we we're talking about our funniest sounding farts. Um, <laughs> because that's what mature men do. That's what we uh, do. But no, I I agree with you, and I see your point. The only reason I would, I, the only thing I can counter with was that this name another movie of this caliber. Now there there are others out there, but of this caliber with the dogfighting scenes. That are out there because when oh, I was researching this, yeah, what I learned though was about the um, uh, the camera shots they decided to take. They'd have you, you know, the camera shots they wanted in the cockpit, so you felt like you were there, right? Right. Because what's the point of having fighter jets if you can't feel like you're flying? Sure. But the exterior shots they specifically did because there were some maneuvers done by the F-14s that had never been captured on film before mm. until this movie, and that's when I went. You know, that makes a lot of sense. Sure. So some of the tricks that were done with these planes, nobody had ever really captured on film, and it was brought to a larger audience. This is a movie that, to this day, my friends... Now, I watched it 
I don't know. It, I didn't watch it in theaters. Mm-hmm. I was. I don't think I did either. I, I, I was young. When it, it came out on VHS, 90s. I think so. I yeah, watched it might have been early 90s I watched this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've not really seen it much since. I've watched parts. I need to watch it back through again. But this is one of those ones where, like, uh, like the movie Jarhead made me go, man, it, I might want to be a Marine. You know, and this was back when I lost all the weight and stuff. That was one of those movies that inspired me. Uh, this one makes me go, man, I want to be a fighter pilot, which will never happen. Right. But me I, neither. I think the, they say I'm like too old or something. I don't get it. And the reason I say it's action too, because like Commando, you've got the shooting, you've got the explosions. This is just that in the air to me. Mm-hmm. But there is that love story. There is that, it's more telling the human side of things, which is kind of like the, the movie Jarhead, not an 80s movie, but it shows more the human nature rather than just Commando or um, uh Predator or any of these ones where these big macho military type dudes are going yeah, out and a just little killing. five six Tom Cruise. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, <laughs> who's not jacked? This, no, not at all. But not the, even in the volleyball scene. No, no. <laughs> yeah, um, but I guess to be a pilot, you got to be tiny anyway. So yeah. you only got to be strong enough to control a plane. Yep. Uh, I'd say it's an action movie if I had to categorize it, but it definitely doesn't have that. It's not run and gun the whole time, right? Like if you're into video games, this isn't just like. Doom, where you walk through playing. Ooh, speaking of 80s, uh, was Doom 80s or 90s? I don't. I think okay, well, it was 90s. Wolfenstein was 80s for sure. Yep. Either way, but it's not, you know, where you run in, you're just constantly fighting. This is one of those ones where you've got to. It, it's like a game where you kind of have to do the fighting to reach a goal. This has that story in with it. So I, I'll give it to you that it's not an action movie in the sense that it's all explosions and sure. gunfights. But. Again, with planes, mm-hmm. I think that this did something that... The only thing that's been done since then is uh, Howard Hughes' Hell's Angels. If you watch that documentary with the with the, the dogfighting and the fighter pilot and stuff, phenomenal. But I would say this is full-on action mm-hmm. uh, just due to the fighting scenes. Yeah, I think the action scenes are great. But I, I, I just, to, in my mind, categorizing it as an action movie... So do you make it more of a drama? Yeah, more of a drama. I mean, it's not really a comedy, even though there are one-liners and stuff. Yeah, um, the uh, it was released on May sixteenth, nineteen eighty-six. This movie grossed three hundred sixty-five million dollars back then. Back then, on a budget of fifteen million. Wow! So I would say it was profitable. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> so uh, the key players in there, of course, Goose and Maverick, we all know yep. about. But I loved Iceman. Val Kilmer. Yeah, I think... This is back before Val Kilmer ate Val Kilmer. <laughs> so this is a young, buff... Batman Val Kilmer. Sweet vanilla ice haircut <laughs> Val <Right>. Kilmer. <laughs> so it, that was... Um, yeah, he, he kind of played the antagonist, right? So He did. Yeah. Uh, he did. I think... Yeah, I think in that... Um, that's one of those ones where you don't hate the bad guy. There's so many movies where they intentionally make you... Oh, yeah. ...root for the hero, but Iceman, I think... Yeah, I'm with you on that. Yeah. Well, you gotta you gotta figure the the view of Iceman on on the whole thing here. Like he has studied diligently to be the best he can be. Where Maverick kind of like you know fly by the seat of his pants, gets it. It's Michael by Jordan in, versus by Scottie instinct. Pippen. Oh, Scottie yeah. Pippen was undrafted NAIA player. You know, and he he fought to get to where he was, and then Jordan. Natural ability, <laughs> natural just yeah. does it. Yeah, yeah, it just happens. So, so Iceman, you know, you can see he'd be a little, uh, he'd be a little. See where he get a little. Well, yeah, he spent years trying to to get to a level, and somebody walks in and just is. 
Yeah. No effort. And that's frustrating for anything, really. Right. I mean, if it's something that you're passionate about. So, Randy just said that Michael Jordan did not put any effort into his NBA career. <laughs> I didn't say that. <laughs> I just said that he had a more natural ability than most. <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> it yes, still does. Did. Yes. I still cannot be Michael Jordan one-on-one. I could not either. I couldn't even come close. So, um, this, this movie had a great soundtrack, of course. Yes, um, it did. I, it was funny. I was... Listen to a random playlist yesterday and Running With The Boys came on. And it's like, that takes me back to that volleyball scene. So that, again, I love that movie. Really good movie. Uh, Randy, what was your favorite scene from Top Gun? Uh, Gotta be the volleyball scene, man. Okay. Hot dudes with their shirts off. You know, I'm a, I'm a young six-year-old. Wait, 86? I was a young three-year-old coming up. Figuring out who I was in the world. <laughs> um and again, I Could you see this. Randy out in the yard with no shirt on, <laughs> playing volleyball? Yeah, I do that now. It's not a. I, I get in trouble more for it now. Um, <laughs> but no, I, I I don't. All the fighting scenes were what drew me in back then. Right. I, like I said, when I saw it, even even when I saw it in the early nineties, I was still young. I didn't care about the mushy, lovey dovey drama parts. Mm-hmm. I liked the Jets. Uh, oh yeah. So yeah, that I, I, any fight scene had my attention then. I'd have to rewatch it again and see. So my favorite part was when they're in the bar and Maverick is trying to mac up on Charlie, and uh, he's singing "You Lost That Loving Feeling," and then all <laughs> the all the all, the all the guys are singing along for some reason. Like I, I love that movie beginning to end, but that part there is just always one that I got to kind of stop and pay a little bit more attention to. Just did that work in the eighties? Cool did women respond to that? It, it worked for Maverick. Yeah. So. And the the last thing we'll talk about on Top Gun here, uh, what is your favorite cheesy line? Because every 80s movie, action movie, had at least one cheesy line in it. Which one Which one does it for you? Man, you're asking me to remember something I saw when I was like 10. Um, I told you this week what I was doing, Randy. Yeah, I forgot about cheesy lines. Uh, <laughs> Let me help you out. Yeah, go ahead. Hit me with yeah, something. So the, the most... the The... The iconic line from Top Gun, I feel the need. The need for speed. You got it. Yes. That was just, yes, on the tip of my tongue. Yeah, so Randy that, obviously needs to rewatch this movie again. I do. I <laughs> so. do. Well, you did tell me what you are going to do to prepare, and I had to inadvertently, unexpectedly go out of town for work again, um, and I forgot. But, uh, yeah, I feel the need The need for speed is, that's got to be the top one in this movie. Yes, it is. It's it's the one everyone remembers. It's got to fun of in other movies. Heck yeah. You know, years later. <laughs> so so if you if you got a line like that, you might as well use it. So here's here's what I'm excited about. Top Gun 2 is coming out later yes. this year. Around Christmas time, they pushed it back because of all of this pandemic. Coronates. But coronates. <laughs> yes, that's, that's what we call our podcast. <laughs> So uh, we uh, looking forward to that one a lot. They've released the trailers and stuff, and I'm, I'm excited to see that. But for what it's worth, the number five movie this week, voted by you, Top Gun. Number four. The number four movie, as voted by you, the people, Lethal Weapon. This was released March 6, 1987. It was the top-grossing action movie of 1987, and it grossed $120 million on a $15 million budget. So, Mel Gibson plays L.A. Detective Martin Riggs, a former Green Beret who becomes suicidal after the death of his wife. His new partner is Roger Murtaugh, played by Danny Glover, who is a consummate family guy 
who has one eye on retirement. He's a little distressed that he has suddenly partnered with this madman. Lots of shooting, explosions, tense moments, and car chasing, otherwise known as everything an action movie should be. So, Randy, what are your thoughts on Lethal Weapon? Uh, this is another one I haven't seen. Um, I just didn't have time to rewatch every 80s action movie <laughs> to, to have this, but it's definitely one I remember for the, the action scenes. Um, and again, I watched this when I was a preteen or teen, sometime in the 90s, I'm sure. Uh, but I think this one here really brought in, again, going from something like, as I recall them, like Commando, where it's run and gun, shoot them up, Wild West, cowboy type stuff. This one deals with some raw human emotion. Yeah. This, this brings, you know, it kind of brings a little reality to the quote-unquote heroes we see on the screen. Mm-hmm. That, man, this guy's going through some crap. Yep. So. Yeah. Nice. I mean, it's just, it's <laughs> just you know, looking, looking back at it now, it's just one of those ones I kind of noticed that when I think 80s movies, it's kind of very much the the explosions, the fight scenes. Um, here we see not the drama like Top Gun mm-hmm. so much, but we see raw emotion being brought into oh, this yeah. where it's, you know, I'm dealing with some crap. Well, Murtaugh's daughter gets kidnapped. Yeah. So, so I mean, that you, you've got a, you've got a human element there versus right. just, I'm going to blow stuff up for and I two think hours what, and call it an action movie. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I think that makes it more... Uh, I don't want to say relatable. It's not relatable unless you've had your daughter kidnapped, I guess, yeah. but more of a, uh, where you make a connection on a human level on a, right. on a different plane than just going and watching a hero. Yeah. And, and I, I think that the cool part about this movie is there's just enough of a comedic element that Mel Gibson brings Yeah, with, with the drama that's going on and all the action. So he, he keeps it light but you know, there's there's definitely an intentionality, and in the fact that um, he's he starts out being suicidal, then suddenly he becomes more. Uh, I, I don't know what the word I'm looking for, but him and Murtaugh have this bond, and then they welcome Murtaugh and his wife welcomes him into their home, so he's getting to know their kids and stuff. So he's now finding a, he's finding a new purpose. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So they made like four sequels to this. I have not seen all the sequels. I saw the first couple, uh, maybe three. I, I I don't believe I've seen four. So uh, I kind of lost interest. Uh, I do remember, uh, did you watch any of the TV show, the Lethal Weapon TV show? No. So it was on a couple years ago. Uh, it was really, really good. Uh, me and Leah watched it every week. It was, I can't remember the... The guy's name that played Riggs' character, but uh, Damon Wayans played Murtaugh, and they those guys did a great job together. They lasted two seasons. At the end of season two, Riggs gets killed off, and there's a new partner that comes in, played by Sean Patrick Scott okay. from American Pie fame, yep. who did a great job. He's he's funny as oh, an actor. He he is funny. He's more versatile than you think. Based yep. off, he, I mean, obviously, American Pie is what catapulted him into, you know. Being in all those movies like a goon. I watched Goon just because I had him in it. Yeah, <laughs> I did too. <laughs> it was funny, but it wasn't stiffler. It's a very different kind of type yeah. of humor. And then you know, so yeah, that's I haven't seen that. Um, but him as an actor, I like so. Yeah, he he does a he does a very good job in the movie. Um, or I'm sorry, in the TV show. And uh, 
I, you know, it's one of the ones that, that I was kind of sad, not sad, disappointed to see it. Yeah. It was canceled eventually, but, um, you know, it, it was a good show. Really liked it. Uh, so, Lethal Weapon, um, I know you haven't seen it for a long time, so are there any f- favorite scenes from this movie to you that stick out? Um... Probably the uh, Christmas tree lot. Okay. Gunfight. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know why. It's just like, it's one of those things that I remember from it. You know, he goes I, full I three stooges on those guys. Yeah, so it's, it's just kind of one of those things that, I'm not going to say it's like, oh, I was on the edge of my seat. It's just something, when you ask me, that's what I remember. It's the first thing that popped in my head. Uh, so I guess I'd have to say that. Um, I think this one, as I recall, like we said, it's got that good mixture of the comedy stuff, so it's light. And you, you know me, I like more comedic stuff anyway the action's right. cool i love big explosion stuff but yeah i like the witty one-liners and stuff so uh but yeah that that kind of i recall that so i guess that's what stuck out to me yeah <laughs> now 36 year old me or 37 maybe by the time i watch it again might be different but the uh my favorite scene um was okay so the the bad guy in the movie his name was mr joshua he was actually gary Busey. And who 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 plays just the most outside of him playing Buddy Holly, everything after that I think that I've seen from him he plays just like this complete, just a like a nut job, like yeah, a crazy man. insane. And he makes a great bad guy in this movie. He's not like Iceman that you know you kind of can empathize with. No, you want to see Mister Joshua get destroyed. So at the end of the movie. Um, when they finally get Murtaugh's daughter back, Mel Gibson and um, Gary Busey are fighting in the front lawn. Like they throw their guns uh, in the down. the rain, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't. I think of. Was it the. A, a fire hydrant exploded. Oh, okay. Yeah. So there's water everywhere. So these guys are just going at it in the yes. yard. Just one, one of the best fisticuff fight scenes ever. So I. Like. That is one of my favorite action movie moments is that fight scene right there. So that that one kind of stuck with me. Yeah, I think there's something really cool, I think, too, when we talk about action movies. The the gunfights are cool. Uh, explosions. If, if we could, I mean, being guys, if we were allowed to legally go out back and blow stuff up, we probably would. Well, you know um, what? So, and, and I... Not here in your neighborhood, but yeah, I've done it, things like yeah, that. In my neighborhood, <laughs> I'd probably get arrested. The yeah. Grove City cops would be here in seconds. Oh, no time. Um... But there's something to be said for good old fashioned hand to hand combat. Yep. Um, and it's funny because I was and I did, I haven't seen the whole list, but one of the movies that popped in my head I thought would be funny to mention is Roadhouse. <laughs> oh yeah, that's coming. Is it? Oh okay, yeah. I'll, I'll hold off then. Yeah, yeah. We that that one that that is higher than number four for sure. All right. <laughs> so, um, and then lastly, I don't know if you'll know this one, but best cheesy line of Lethal Weapon. Hit me. Okay, for me, so when he's getting ready to fight uh, Mr. Joshua, Mel Gibson says to him, what do you say, Jack? You want a shot at the title? That is that is cheesy? awesome. Because I feel like, man. Uh, uh, maybe not cheesy, but definitely memorable yeah, for yeah, me. Because what I would say is if I'm the guy that says that, uh-huh. how tough do I sound? And you I'm, sound super tough. It's a confidence thing, right? Because <laughs> exactly. now the guy's going, okay, well, either he's cocky or he knows something I don't. And I have a and title if, I need to get. Yeah, and if I'm the <laughs> yes. other guy, I'm, then I'm going, okay, is he cocky or is he really confident in his abilities? So. Oh, man. So, yeah, Lethal Weapon, great movie. Um, 
I yeah, I haven't seen it in a few years, but I did go back and do a little bit of research on some of the stuff. And I remember in the fight scene, I had to go back and look check that out. But uh, that 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 line right there that that's that's magic. So uh, number four was Lethal Weapon. Number three. We are now in the top three, as you just heard, and the number three movie is Raiders of the Lost Ark. Uh, this is released in July of 1981 and made $390 million, becoming the top grossing film of 1981. You know, Randy, never before in cinematic history had an archaeologist been portrayed as an action hero. Yeah, I if, mean, if anybody could do it, it would be Harrison Ford. Yeah. Han Solo. Well, what, what, <laughs> what, what Indy does differently is, uh, I mean, he's not just out in the field digging up bones, right? Right. He's seeking guarded treasures. Like um, the Ark of the Covenant. Right, exactly. So, all these films, uh, I remember them being on when I was younger. I remember um, re-watching them about... Ten years ago, Beth and I, we had to celebrate an anniversary or something. We rented this, uh, there's a castle down outside of MacArthur, Ohio, Ravenwood yeah. Castle. Mm-hmm. And they've got these different cabins, and like you can stay above the seamstress shop or whatever, we were there, <clears throat> and they still had the old VHS, because like so far out in the woods, there's no cable or anything, satellite don't work or whatever. Gotta watch what you can. And they had the, yeah, they had a lot of the Indiana Jones movies. Sure. So I was like, have you ever seen these? She said, no. So we started watching them again. Uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark is classic. There's yes. a scene where, you know, you've got the... The swap, right? Yeah. Memes have been made of this. Yes. Here in 2020, people are talking now, about this. This is scene. almost 40 years ago. Too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Insane. Um, so when he does the swap with the you know the the weighted bag to get the treasure, the boulder comes out, chases them. I remember at 11 or 12 we went to Disney World seeing that acted out live. You know they had the actors there, and you could go watch that scene done. Uh, what killed it for me is when the boulder rolled down. We were seeing it live at Disney. The round part where I guess they inflated the boulder. It was uh-huh. like bright blue. It was oh, facing geez. the audience. <laughs> so like 12 years old, I was like, well, there goes that. Uh, like, that's not a real rock, guys. Ruined for me. Shocker. Uh, I like Raiders of the Lost Ark. I don't think it's my favorite 80s Indiana Jones film, though. Really? Which one would be uh, yours? No, mine, mine would probably be Last Crusade. Okay. Um, I love everything about Last Crusade. I love, and I, if I remember correctly, is that the one where he has, the, he has to walk across the Invisible Bridge? I think so. You used that clip in a youth lesson when I was a very young kid, and it always stuck with me. Um, and then, of course, you got the with with the Last Crusade, you got that iconic scene where the guy drinks from the goblet, disappears. That's kind of traumatizing for a young kid. Yeah. Um, but more, got, more traumatizing than the face being melted in <laughs> Raiders of the Lost. Well, Park. no, I was going to go back to that too. Yep. But you got Sean Connery in it, um, which I, I've always liked Sean Connery. I, I just think he's a great actor. Um, but Raiders of the Lost Ark, you've got the boulder scene, but my favorite scene from that is the fighting under the Nazi plane propellers. Oh yeah. That's like the whole time this plane's kind of spinning around, propellers are going. That's a great action scene to yes. me. Back to that hand-to-hand combat. Sure. Uh, well, in all fairness, in the voting, somebody just put Indiana Jones on there. And then people like... Yeah, so this could be include like, Temple okay. of the Doom or... Temple Doom or whatever. Uh, I just put Raiders of the Lost Ark since it was the first. I so. think for me, Raiders of the Lost Ark and The Last Crusade are my two favorites, so I could swap out either. Yeah. Um. So the, the I remember seeing this movie again. I didn't see it in the theaters. I saw it like when it came out on VHS. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, probably went to block, but not probably not Blockbuster yet. Probably Video Pursuit or someplace <laughs> and watched it. You're old. I I am that old. I'm Video Pursuit old. So that was. Uh, I mean, it was a good movie. I really liked it. Always love Harrison Ford. I can't think of any role he's ever had that I have not liked. I, my first one I saw him. He was a very quiet guy. I can't remember his name, but American Graffiti back in the seventies. Uh, so from then on, like stuff he's done, like Witness, great movie. So. Uh, the fact that he carried this movie does not surprise me. I now here is this is a thing when you're talking about who else could have played Indiana Jones. I think nobody from that era. Yeah. Oh man. And again, I'm trying to remember actors from a time when I was birth the seven. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know, like man. Tom Cruise couldn't have, no, couldn't have done no, it. No, Arnold no. Schwarzenegger couldn't have done it. Mel no. Gibson could have maybe, you, maybe. Can you imagine done Schwarzenegger it. and Sean Connery together with their accents? <laughs> you never understand a word. No, no, that movie would have tanked. Yeah, um, I, I, I think Mel Gibson probably could have pulled it off. Not could, as good, not as good yeah, as Harrison Ford. Yeah. It would have been bad. It would have been. It would have been as good if that makes sense. You know, it's like yeah. one of those things that I wouldn't have minded it. But right. no, I think Harrison Ford. Is perfect for that role. I yeah. think he played it very well, and you're right. He kind of carried these the whole series. Oh yeah, every movie he was Absolutely. in was great because of him. So, so here's here's the the, the next part here, and, and I've got to ask you a question. When we get done with this, um, the final two. What's your favorite scene in the movie? I'm gonna have to go with the, the, the fight under the plane. I think. Okay, yeah, gotcha. the, the, the swap's the most iconic. I think that, like I said, it's been made into memes where people talk about swapping one thing for another, and yeah. you know, it's like. My twelve hundred dollar stimulus check and what you know, yeah. Um, but I, for me personally, I think fighting under spinning propellers, just waiting for somebody to get whacked in the head with one, like that was pretty tense. Well, you then, then you have to watch Die Hard too. That's all I gotta say. Okay, because there's a very similar, very similar scene. Um, I, I think my favorite scene was I don't know if you remember the scene in the marketplace where Indy is fighting off about twenty guys. And he finally gets to the final guy, and the guy's got these swords and stuff. Yes, he's he got just the looks at him and just pulls out a gun and shoots. Him. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. I'm not fighting you, boom. Yes, and because... all the because because there's like 20 people behind him, and he just hits the one guy, and everybody else is just kind of freaking <laughs> out. out. Yes, the old uh, bringing a, a couple swords to a gunfight. <laughs> That's right. Don't do it yes. against Indiana Jones. Uh, yeah, it's funny. It's it, it, it. The guy shows up with this. I remember now. He makes all this big showy display, and then just gets shot. <laughs> That is a good one. So, um, what, what's your favorite line of the movie? I can't even think of one off the top of my head, to be honest. So, I had to go back and look. Because, to me, because Andy is a little sarcastic. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's... I'd that, say witty. Yeah, yeah. He's very witty. Um, my favorite was very... After the swap. So, he, he's got to jump over that pit. Yeah. And, and the guys on the other side of the pit... And Indy's whip is there. He's like, toss me the whip. He's like, no, toss me the artifact. And so he has to make a decision, thinking this guy wouldn't you know, screw him over. So he tosses him the artifact, and the guy's like, adios, amigo. Right. And then, uh, so Indy finally jumps over the pit, goes goes under the, the, the wall that's coming right. down, grabs his whip, and he's Which... getting through, and he sees the guy dead. You know, like these needles or guns. Right, through. And so he looks at him, and he says... Adios, stupido. <laughs> Sounds like something you'd say. I, it is. 100%. That is, I would say that. Yeah, and who didn't recreate that uh, that scene sliding under the, the falling wall, you know, the trap wall with the garage door growing up, back before oh, sensors yeah. were a thing? 
Yeah, man, you, you hit the button. I remember, you know, we'd get ready for church, close the garage door. There was no opener working or whatever. You'd hit the button, run, try and get under the door. Or over the laser beams. So, yeah. But, well, we were poor. We didn't have the laser beams when I was real little. <laughs> so, <laughs> that didn't come till later. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that, that's a great movie. So here's my question for you. If they were to remake this movie today. Oh, man. Who would play Indiana Jones? I've got my answer up here. Shakira. Shakira. <laughs> yeah. Um, There's like Ghostbusters for women. So if I've got a... Okay, so I, you, I mean, here's the thing with Indy. He's got to be... He can't be real young. Right. You want that natural scruff look. Not yeah. the... You know, just just the, the five o'clock Ooh, shadow. grizzled. Yeah. Um, if they had to do it today... Because some of the actors I like are like too old to really play Indy. Right. Like, I think I think Tom Hanks could play Sean Connery's role. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think he'd do You know, I could see I never thought about that. Um... Man, now I'm trying to think. I think Chris Pratt. That's who I was going to say. Is it really? Yes, exactly. I think Chris I, Pratt I would be fantastic. It. Oh, yeah, I think, he, I think he would probably pull it off about better than anybody else could. Yeah, I mean, if, if you got to find somebody to be the new Harrison Ford, I can't think. Of, I, I'm racking my brain because I was trying to think of somebody else. He popped in my head, and I can't think of anybody to do it as good as he could. Yeah, he, he's he's one of my favorite actors right now. Just, he's so funny, too. Yeah, he's funny. He's likable. Parks and Rec, one of the greatest Dude, shows I've, of all time. I've got to show you a blooper scene for Parks and Rec. If you think farts are funny, you're gonna be you're gonna fall off your chair again. Nice. Yeah, I'll show you. But yeah, I think I think he would make a great. Now I kind of want to see it. Yeah, I do too. So we're gonna start the campaign to have the next Indiana Jones. Maybe maybe he could play Indiana's son, oh, like yeah. Illinois Jones <laughs> or Ohio Jones, Omaha Jones, Omaha Jones. <laughs> yeah, that would be a lot of fun. Raiders of the Lost Ark, our number three movie, great movie. Well, we'll go with the whole Indiana Jones story being being the number three. So yeah, number three, Indiana Jones. Number two. Our number two movie, as voted by you the people, Roadhouse. Yes. This movie is legendary. So we were talking between takes here. Lethal Weapon was released on March 6, 1987. It was, um, it did $120 million on a, Oh, I'm sorry. I'm just reading Lethal Weapon. <laughs> hey, that's too funny. Um, it was released March 19th, 1989. I thought the number seemed a little high. Did $30 million at the box office. In contrast, Top Gun did about 10 times that kind of business. So the this movie has grown in popularity over the years. Like I remember seeing this at the theater when it was released. And I remember absolutely loving this movie. It took a while, like, for it to... I think it did a lot of business on on VHS and DVD and stuff through the years. And even now, you know, it's quoted a lot. Um, People remember this as an iconic movie. But, uh, again, didn't do the greatest box office number. Uh, It cost... I think it cost $15 to make, and $30 it came back. So it made money. Yeah, but not like the blockbuster, Top Gun kind of thing. So just as, if you if you've not seen it or if you need a little reminder, Patrick Swayze uh, stars as Dalton, uh, who is a very sought after bouncer that is brought in to clean up the Double Deuce Bar in Joplin, Missouri. Yes, uh, standing in his way is the town boss Brad Wesley, who is um, 
not the mayor, but he may as well be because he controls everything that happens. And he makes a living terrorizing local business owners and chasing any new potential business owners out of town. That kind of sets the table here. Yep. Randy, far away. Uh, first memory from Roadhouse, I remember, um, now again, back in the day, we didn't have cable and all this, and uh, Carla used to buy a bunch of movies back in the day, right? VHS tapes. And I remember, even at my parents' current house, which we moved into in 97, Roadhouse was always sitting on the shelf. Uh, in 97, I was 12 years old. That might be the first time, 12 or 13, that I watched this. I grabbed the VHS, put it in. Uh, it was rated R, right? So um, it was kind of sneaky of me <laughs> at 13 or so to pop this in. And, of course, at 13 years old, there's a couple scenes that uh, stood out <laughs> above the others. And Had to do with a roof, maybe? Uh, yeah, there's a couple different ones. But yeah. if, if you've seen the movie, you know. Yep. Um, and I've got a... I've got a story about this movie off air to tell you too. Okay. Um, but the action scenes in this, I loved every bit of it. And then going back and watching it again as an adult after watching The Ranch on Netflix and then going back and watching Roadhouse and seeing Sam Elliott in Roadhouse made me appreciate his role that much more because when I watched it as a young teen, I didn't really remember much about Sam Elliott and all the old you know films he used to be in. Yeah. And the, the gritty nature of him. I remember that role in... Uh, Roadhouse where he had the long hair and was kind of the seasoned veteran when uh, Dalton came in. But there's so many good fight scenes and one-liners in this movie. Oh my goodness, yes. So many. From beginning to end. <laughs> yeah. It is, it is It is. awesome. So, um, give me one second here. I'm, I, I have a little interactive part here that uh, I need to share with you. Uh, one of the things, what is your... What is your favorite scene or most memorable scene of this movie? As an adult or as a 13-year-old boy? Either. <laughs> both. Give, me, give, Listen, give us both. Uh, honestly, the, uh, as a 13-year-old boy, the, uh, the uh, uh, professional entertainer dancing. Um, <laughs> as, a, as a grown uh, 36-year-old little boy, uh, my favorite scene is the boot knife scene. When the, oh, when yeah. The, the guys walk in the bar and Dalton goes, boot. And, you know, they look down and notice there's something different about this boot. When they go to fight, the guy kind of stomps his heel. And then just kind of, like, shakes his foot <laughs> in the air with this little tiny blade coming out. And then just gets completely wrecked. I loved everything. I thought that was hilarious because I'm sitting there, like, as an adult. And, uh, you know, I, I did train and became an instructor in Krav Maga. So we taught hand-to-hand combat and um, all that. To see something so ridiculous as, like, a little inch-and-a-half, two-inch blade come out of the tip of a boot, and then a guy to shake it around like it was threatening uh-huh. was hilarious to me. Um, so that stands out to me, the, the whole that and then the whole fight that comes after that. Nice. So mine had to have been when uh, Dalton is fighting by the lake. He rips that dude's throat out. That was that is one of the coolest movies either. Yeah, and he, yeah. he's dragging the dude's carcass into the lake. <laughs> Wesley, so that that was that was very and cool for me. Bigfoot, I like Bigfoot in the movie. The Big, monster truck. Oh, was, I thought you meant the the big stuffed bear that falls on the dude. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, no, the monster truck man. It's, this movie had the action. Yep, um, it had the uh, the. Uh, I'm trying to keep it PG for your show. Sure, had the flashy. Um, parts in it <laughs> yeah but it also had that like 
iconic cars and that, that truck coming around, you know, into sight when those guys roll up was one of the things that was like, holy crap, who drives up in Bigfoot, you know? Like, yeah. That, that's imposing. So, uh, for, for any of you wrestling fans out there, you may recognize one of Wesley's thugs was wrestler Terry Funk, which oh, is one of my that. favorite brawlers back in the day. So, yeah, he's, he's in this movie, which it, when the movie was out, of course, I was a wrestling fan. It took me a second, like, what's Terry Funk doing in this movie? <laughs> so that was, that was very cool. Before we move on to number one, let's talk about those movies that didn't make our list. Um, for whatever reason, I don't know if we had a, a broader um, audience, but for some reason there were some glaring omissions off this list. The first one I want to talk about is uh, Road Warrior, the first Mad Max movie with uh, Mel Gibson. This was a, an independent film, uh, came out in 1981, great movie, had a couple sequels, they did it, uh, another version of it a couple years ago, it was really good. So, yeah, that, that's one that I noticed uh, not on there. The biggest one that I noticed wasn't on there I thought would be, and I asked you if it was on the list, you said, no, it was RoboCop. Yeah. And I don't see how movies like Terminator, which Terminator deserves to be on here, I just don't see how RoboCop wasn't, because to me that was so ahead of its time as far as, you know, the, the futuristic type. It, it's very much the same vein for me as Terminator. Um, right. But, yeah, RoboCop's one, and you and I were talking before the podcast about Shows that were shot about eras and, and shot in different times. We mentioned that 70s show, and uh, I found out that Kurtwood Smith, who plays Red in that 70s show, was the main bad guy in RoboCop. Yeah. I watched RoboCop years and years ago. I loved that 70s show, you know, obviously more modern times. It never made the connection. 20 years ago. But yeah, I, I was surprised RoboCop wasn't on there. Yeah, Escape from New York wasn't on there. Aliens um, wasn't on there. Aliens wasn't on there. Bloodsport wasn't on there. In fact, no John claude Van Damme, no Steven Seagal, and, dare I say it, no Chuck Norris movies were on here. And that's a travesty. It is. I, I think it's because he did so many of those type movies that... Like, not one stuck out, so people weren't remembering them as much. But you got Delta Force, Missing in Action. I mean, of course, it's a TV show, but Walker, Texas Ranger, uh, he even sung the theme in that. So, (laughs) Chuck Norris did everything, let's be honest. Uh, So, I'm kind of surprised that wasn't in there. Another one that I like, it's sort of more of a cult-type thing, was They Live. Uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper is an action hero. Oh, and I love, I've not seen this, but I love him. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's probably my all-time favorite wrestler. Yeah, he's he is he is my top two or three, depending on when you ask me. Um, <laughs> when we did the podcast a couple weeks ago, I think he was. I think I put him at two. Sting was one. Ric Flair was three. So, but uh, another thing that there there are no James Bond movies on here. Yeah, that's weird too. Yeah, there there are no. Uh, again, I can kind of see the differentiator there. Uh, no superhero movies, the Superman yeah, movies, yeah, the Batman. Batman. Um, there was none of that on there at that point. Those two were the only ones. The Marvel didn't start doing their stuff till later. But um, Death Wish Two was not on there, which is a, a great movie. Uh, Charles Bronson, Action Jackson was not on there. No, I've never seen that. Oh, that's it's a good one. Another um, one that basically Apollo Creed plays a an action hero. Oh, okay. What can you yeah, not like about that? I mean, that? it sounds great. Um, yeah. <laughs> the one I, I kind of mentioned again that I'm kind I'm I'm kind of shocked just because their fan base is so overzealous mm-hmm. and we kind of talk about whether it's action or whatever, more sci-fi. I think it's kind of both as the Star Wars movies that came out in the 80s. Oh, yeah. Um, that spawned a whole kiss-like culture of 
marketing and and, and nerds and dev, yeah yeah it I took mean, the it took the it was a whole new breed of nerd that came out when yeah. star wars came out and i don't I, i've seen the original three and i watched it when i was younger and then i watched the uh, trilogy in the early 2000s mm-hmm. and i stopped there that was enough i went look i gave it a shot i don't get it i don't <laughs> like it's cool the action scenes are cool it's yeah. you know it's good some good storylines and and uh on the list i studied two different star wars movies were on there and there are action scenes but i'm with you it's not if somebody said pick an action movie to watch from the 80s i'm not gonna say star wars i'm not either i i, I consider that sci-fi like i was a big star wars fan uh in middle school just because it was so huge like you had to see what the buzz was about yeah and i liked it i loved it actually i was a huge star wars fan back then the original three uh some of the greatest movies ever and then i i've watched every you know the prequels and then the sequels after them and they I mean, there's something great about all of them um there's some things i would throw out but yeah i don't find them in this action movie even though there's a ton of action yeah, there is. shooting that's, that's and what i'm saying pew, there pew. but there's nothing um nothing you know it, it just doesn't stand out as an no, action movie to me no me neither so but yeah there, there's several th- movies on here that uh that could have been mentioned but but weren't but uh having said all of that we're to number one and guys you knew it was coming number one this should be no surprise to anyone but our number one movie, number one action movie of the 1980s is the action movie. All other action movies are measured by, yes, I'm talking about Die Hard. This movie, uh, when it came out, um, again, th- it redefined how you did action movies. Uh, Bruce Willis plays John McClane. He's a New York cop who flies to L.A. to be with his wife. They're you know struggling in the relationship a little bit, and he happens to uh, go to her corporate Christmas party, which is at the Nakatomi Plaza, yeah. the building she worked in, Nagasaki Tower. Nagasaki yeah. Tower. <laughs> <laughs> and it was. Um, uh, it just so happens it was being uh, taken over by terrorists, and which is uh, what terrorists do. That's what they, they crash do. office parties. That's exactly what they do. Scranton, PA, look out. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, the, this movie, again, another one I saw in the, in the theaters when it came out originally. Love this movie. I watch it every year. Um, sometimes at Christmas time, sometimes other times. But, uh, they had several sequels to it. All very well done. Uh, just... There are more one-liners in this movie than Napoleon Dynamite, I believe. There are so many. So, so the dialogue Bruce Willis has. I mean, he's cocky, smart alecky. Um, and like we said before, Bruce Willis being this can play that action role, but he brings that comedy into it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And just seeing him, um, his interaction with with. Hey, he's not the most sociable guy he doesn't have a lot of patience a lot of you know a lot of the bull crap like throughout this movie and, and its sequels one constant of John McClane is he just doesn't feel like dealing with people that are just stupid so the, I can relate the, yeah. <laughs> the way that he he goes about about all of this is um, completely different um, Randy here has <laughs> never seen Die Hard and, and I think I don't, want to, I don't want to speak for you. Refuses to. Uh, it's not that I refuse. Here's the thing. Now, and, and I thought about it as we were coming up on this. And disclaimer, 
It's about to go down. It is. Uh, <laughs> but here's why. It, it, it's so... I realize now, because I don't remember a lot of action movies from when I was seven or younger. Um, obviously, I've seen some of these and we've talked about them. But I realize now, you wanted me on here for this particular combo, didn't you? Is that why? <laughs> no, but I, I'll be honest with you, it crossed my mind. Okay. Well, so what happens is whenever I'm picking co-hosts, I either do it on people that are subject matter experts or people that I just like being around. Yeah. And so I'm looking at action movies And then sometimes here. you pick Matt. And sometimes I pick Matt. So. In, in desperate times. <laughs> my man. So when it came to doing this particular topic, we had done a an ep, a couple episodes before with me and Randy and and Jason Pitzmeyer, uh, Pitzmeyer. I'm sorry, sorry, Jason, if you're listening. Uh, and um, I, I really wanted to do one with just Randy, just you know the the whole interaction, the longtime friendship and stuff. We can banter back and forth. But as we did this. It, it didn't hit me initially, but shortly after Randy accepted, I, I, I'm looking, I, I go to look at the list and I see Die Hard is number, number one. one. And the funny thing is, uh, many people consider this a Christmas movie. They do. And it was voted uh, in 2010, Empire Magazine voted it the greatest Christmas movie of all time. They did. They did. Do we really need to... Do we want to use magazines as a barometer for things that have been voted for? Well, people... people like, Blake Shelton got voted Sexiest Man Alive in a magazine once, I think. So, like... <laughs> well, some people look at Facebook as their... as how they determine how politics works. True. So, why can't we use a crappy oh, magazine? You, you can. Yeah, you absolutely can. <laughs> I'm saying if that's where we're going to set the bar, though, we just need to go into the conversation understanding it's very low. Yes. It's like a speed bump. Yes. So <laughs> so what happens is around Christmas time, there's all kinds of diehard memes, Christmas movie memes, oh, yeah. things like that. Well, there's there's all kinds of the same meme. Pretty much. It's well, it's all... the same picture with, with different memes. It's either... It's either John McClane in the furnace duct. In the ductwork. Or um, Hans Gruber falling from the Nakatomi plot. Right. One of those two things are going on. And um, I would say 90% of them, though, have to do with people trying to prove that it is a Christmas movie. <laughs> Which is funny. Because and... Ran Randy, if you guys don't know, Randy, um, he is one of the most lovable guys you'll ever, 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 ever meet. But at the same time... But I don't want to meet you all. But the, yeah. But <laughs> it, it, at the same time, Randy, th there's not a lot of areas where... He get him in the right mood. He'll want to poke the bear a little bit. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, so, so, Randy, talk to us about why isn't Die Hard a Christmas movie? Um, it takes place at Christmas time. It does. You're right. Um, and so, last year was the first year that uh, it really blew up to where multiple people, for multiple walks of my life, were all upset that I say it's not a Christmas <laughs> movie. So, of course, what do I do? I lean hard into that, and I go, "Here's my Christmas entertainment." Um, <laughs> It's not a Christmas movie. Hey Beth, movie. kids, come around. Right. Watch what Daddy's going to do. Come watch what I'm going to type on Facebook. It's going to be great. Uh, so we, you know, we turn off the Christmas carols and we put all the Santa figurines away and we just troll people on Facebook. New Christmas tradition. Uh, no, but why? Why it's so? It, it's fun because I'm trolling people and guys. I know, and Rob and I have had this conversation. I will apologize if anybody's taking anything I've said on Facebook the wrong way. I'm not being serious. No. If I've commented, like people are putting up. Um, posts of groups and stuff, and I'd say it was like Hanson, and it's like, I don't know. It, it, 
I'm always kidding, guys. I'm here to have a good time. I see Facebook as a social media outlet for entertainment, and I hope that, and with most of my friends like Rob, my buddy Garrett, Matt, we go back and forth to make each other laugh. That's all I'm here to do. I'm not really trying to tick people off, and I really don't think that an 80s hair metal band is Hanson. Um, thankfully. Uh. But <laughs> Nelson Diehard, was bad enough. Yeah, Nelson was. Ugh, that's why I'm changing my last name. Um, <laughs> but the uh, the whole thing with Die Hard is, if it was a Christmas movie, first off, why is it number one on your action movie list? Why are we not sitting here talking about the best Christmas movies of the 80s? Well, because we haven't made it to Christmas time yet. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> we'll have that same voting. So, no, it's, it's, it's very much an action movie set at Christmas. And when you and I had this conversation in person about six, seven months ago, you said you remember seeing it in the theaters in the middle of the summer in June, right? And it came out in July. July. Yeah. And sitting there going, why is this set at Christmas time? <laughs> like, why did they not make it a July 4th party? Which is funny because, to, to me, like... I kind of, I play the devil's advocate a lot. I'll just kind of sit back in my catbird seat and just kind of, right, just kind of look and, you know, maybe poke the bear one way or the other. Like, I'm not one of the ones that troll Randy and go, well, you made it through the Christmas movie. But I, he may have a point, and I'll counterpoint it just, just yeah. to amuse myself. But, yeah, I saw it in the summer. It, it, I did not find it being a Christmas movie. It's However. Not, it is at Christmas. Years later. There are more Christmas scenes in this movie than there are It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah, I'll also, I don't... The last 15 a, minutes never, is Christmas, and It's a Wonderful Life. I don't consider that a Christmas movie. <laughs> Your daughter, I think, disagrees. Oh, I, I do. I love It's a Wonderful um, Life. I, I, I gotta watch you, it every Christmas It's not about whether you love it or not. Oh, yeah. It's about the, the cold hard facts. If this was a Christmas movie, it wouldn't just be set at Christmas, because this movie, I think, from what I understand about it and I know about it, can stand alone as an action movie no matter when it's placed. Well, so if you place it July Fourth, mm-hmm. does it still become a killer action movie in the eighties? If you play, if the party is for the boss's birthday, mm-hmm. can it still be a great action movie? And if so, it's not a Christmas movie; it's an action movie. Right? It, can it be both? Because you have Christmas movies that are also love stories. Well, Hallmark has made a living off of this. Oh, don't call those movies. <laughs> they aren't trash. movies. They're That's just garbage. Same, same rewritten crap over and over again. Uh, and one Ranked of the biggest, by Empire Magazine is the top one of Christmas the biggest kickbacks movie I channel. Get, yeah. One of the cr- kickbacks I get is, well, do you think Home Alone's a Christmas movie? Which, you know, people say Home Alone's a Christmas movie. Mm-hmm. It takes place at Christmas. In that movie, the family leaves for a Christmas trip. So I sit and ask myself, if they were not leaving for the Christmas trip, would there be a movie? No, because Kevin doesn't get left home alone. Right. Right. But, again, I've got to play fair. So, if it's a July 4th trip, is it still a Christmas movie? No, it's a comedy. Right? It's a very funny movie. So, I would call that a comedy set at Christmas. Mm-hmm. And then people have no leg to stand on. When I don't admit, when I don't call Home Alone a Christmas movie, mm-hmm. they can't come back and say, well, Die Hard still is. They yeah. do. But that's <laughs> like saying... Chevy's better than Ford. Why? Well, it just is. I like it better. Well, that's fine. You have an opinion. You're allowed to like it You're better. You're allowed to have an opinion. But my biggest point that I can say on this is if you go back to your second week, one of the best sitcoms in uh-huh. the 80s that you did with Matt, yeah. you had so many people writing in things that were not sitcoms. Yeah. And you like Dynasty. It. Right. I didn't answer the best and, TV And what show. you said, to loosely quote you, I don't remember verbatim, you said... That's not even a, a sitcom listed on IMDb's page. Die Hard on IMDb page is an action slash thriller, not a Christmas movie. Class dismissed, as you would say. So IMDb 
to me, very informative, but a lot of the things they put on there is like borderline Wikipedia because people also get in there and chime stuff. Now, okay. now I like I said before, like I'm with you. We're in the same camp there. Yeah. Uh, I am humored by this conversation. Oh, me too. I don't really care. Be that as it may, I'm not really offended that you haven't seen it and call it and, and can judge that it's not a Christmas movie. I'm offended that you haven't seen it. Yeah. Because it, it is... No, that's I mean, part two this. is this. testosterone personified. John McClane is running around in broken glass barefoot. Yeah, bloody feet. Yeah. I, I read the whole article. <laughs> I did my research on it. Still didn't watch it. Here's why. That's where part two of this year's Christmas uh, ploy came into play. Was going back and forth and debating with all these people that watch it every year at Christmas time. And then letting them know, by the way, I haven't seen it. Then they go off the hinges, and it <laughs> yeah. is the most comical thing. And I sit back, and that's my, I say that, and I leave it alone. Let them rant and rave and whatever. They can cuss me out if they want. I don't care. It's so funny to me how defensive people get. Because I used to, for years, I called Home Alone a Christmas movie uh-huh. and many others. And then when they say, well, this ain't a Christmas movie, this is not. And I go, okay, you're right. I was wrong. Home Alone's not a Christmas movie. Well, It's a comedy based at Christmas time, and that's kind of takes the wind out of their sails. Yes. Um, but here's something I found interesting. Reading the article last night and kind of doing the... I decided to Google movies that are not Christmas movies. Uh-huh. Guess what's at the top of every single list? Die Hard. Die Hard. Now, it was all opinion. <laughs> yeah. It was written from several different sides, several different entertainment you know, publications. Sure. Um, they all have their own opinions as to why. Right. It's all conjuncture. But I found a term that I think this might be what you and I agree on. It's not a Christmas movie. It's what's called a Christmas-adjacent movie. Yeah. Meaning that that plays a role in it, but it's not specifically about Christmas. It is not the a topic Christmas of the movie. Christmas movie, in the one article I read, is like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, Frosty the Snowman. They're literally, Santa Claus is coming to town. A Christmas story. They're literally just about Christmas. Right. Right. So this would be in the same category with Home Alone and many others. Um, yep. Casablanca. Christmas-adjacent movies. And I read never that seen, and I went, Never seen Casablanca. I haven't either. Hmm. But that's one that I, I know had this similar kind of debate. Um, but there's so many uh, movies that are set at Christmas time that I think people that are so passionate about Die Hard are not passionate about it because it's set at Christmas time. Oh, like I, you said, it's testosterone. It's a great action movie. Yeah. Every guy's got to see it. Right. But it, if it, it should wasn't be, set it at should Christmas be on, time, on the, the man list of movies you have to watch. So if it was not set at Christmas time, would it still be on that list? Of course. There you go. That's why it's not a Christmas movie. <laughs> yes. That's all I'm saying. And so, I cannot wait to see the comments on this one. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. The, for the two people that, that, that listen to this podcast every for, week, they, for both they're going to pile on you. Well, because here's the other thing, because maybe you've made some new friends in the last few months who don't know that you've never seen Die Hard. And you know, honestly, if I've you... i made some new enemies if the last you, few If months, you ever do, you can't tell people you've seen it. Oh, no. No, I can't let him know. Actually, uh, he has a a Bruce Willis tattoo on his arm. It's the scene when when he's crawling through the furnace duct. Randy's got it right there. It's on my inner arm. (laughs) That when I shake it, it looks like he's crawling. (laughs) It just flaps around. Real life. Real life tattoo. Living tattoo, I call it. That's good stuff. Um, Yeah, no, I just... It's just so much fun to me. Is it a great action movie? Obviously. Otherwise, people would not be so passionate about it. Right. Um... Is it a great Christmas movie? No, nope. it's just not. Absolutely not. There's, there's, it's not a Christmas movie. Um, they could have I, at least released it at Christmas, even. You know, that's so weird. To then me. they could have more of an argument. Yeah, but when you're going in your flip flops and your shorts in Ohio to a movie, <laughs> right. and I know people are going to say, "Well, the the 
who was it, the director or whatever, tweeted that it is a Christmas movie. He did. He can say whatever he wants. Did you, did you see what Bruce Willis said? No. He said, it's not a Christmas movie, it's a Bruce Willis movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's a different category. Yeah, it's a whole other different category, which which is, is really good. Um, I, again, I don't get passionate too much about movies, but if, if people ask me to make lists or get recommendations, and, and the genre is action movies, Die Hard is going to be definitely at the top of that list or near the top because it is it is entertaining. It is stuff blowing up, people getting shot, hand-to-hand combat. There are more one-liners in this movie. Oh, my goodness. Everybody knows the yippee-ki-yay, Mother Fletcher, but there, <laughs> right. there's, a, there's a lot of other... Uh, just just tons of stuff in this. So well, and here's the thing too. You you said this has got to be on your list of action movies for anybody, right? Oh yeah. If I said, hey, I want to watch a Christmas movie with Beth and the boys, would you tell me to watch this with them for Christmas? No, See, absolutely that's, that's, not. That's kind of the thing. I I, I would action. actually I would tell you to to only watch Merry Christmas, Charlie Brown. That's the I'd only be, one. That's got to be because Rudolph, list, right? Rudolph has nothing to do with actual birth of Christ. Like, most of these movies do not have anything oh, to do no. with Jesus Christ at all. No. So, if you want to knock off movies that aren't Christmas movies, you can start a long way. Now, Santa Claus is coming to town. There is a scene. There of is. Mary and Joseph. Yes. So, so again, uh, maybe it's it would be Christmas adjacent, too. <laughs> because yeah, yeah. It, it's mentioned. Well, it depends. I mean, for now. There are Christmas songs in Die Hard. Right. Uh, there are. I, I guess Rudolph and Frosty would be more the, uh, I mean, if you don't have similar beliefs to Rob and I, those may be Christmas movies. But yeah, yeah, it's not. They are. Um, but Die Hard is just not one that I go, oh, it's wholesome family fun. You yeah. know, like, I've seen snippets of it, and I've read or heard the, seen the memes and heard the quotes and all that. It's just not something I think. It's like not, I'm not sipping eggnog and feeling all warm and cozy inside about the season. I want to like, I want to see the action. Like, yeah. give me the action, but call a spade a spade. It's an action movie that's Christmas adjacent. What's Anybody, David Spade have to do with this? He's probably uh, in high school when yeah, this movie was out. Probably, he probably was a better actor then than he is now. Yeah, be honest. <laughs> he peaked, let's be honest. He peaked at Joe Dirt. He peaked at Joe Dirt, and before Joe Dirt, and I've said this for years and years, he was only. Funny and anything Chris Farley was involved in, pretty he much. He played well. Him and Except Farley for played Joe well Dirt, <laughs> each other. Joe Dirt is his standout. Yes, that is his uh, creme de la creme, top of the charts for him. Yes, Joe Dirt two travesty. Don't watch it. <laughs> it is bad. They should oh, not have ever made it. No, because just like Linda Hamilton, he got paid. Yeah, yeah, there that's it. So, guys, this this pretty much wraps up our discussion on '80s action heroes. I wanted to thank Randy. Uh, for coming today. Um, it's always a good time hanging out with him. Uh, really appreciate the camaraderie. Um, thank you guys again for, for joining us. And next week, uh, we're going to have Matt Moore will be back here. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I love you, Matt. Matt and I are going to be talking about 80s influenced shows. So ah. we're, we're going to be discussing things like Stranger Things and Freaks and Geeks and stuff like that. So, I haven't watched those either. Oh my goodness, you, you've got to. <laughs> uh, so that'll be a ton of fun. And then in two weeks, um, I'm going to be talking about 80s country music yes. with my buddy Matt Taylor. I'm excited for so that one. I, I, I should have teased that a little bit, not brought Matt Taylor's name into it. Because uh, you know, he, he's like the, the, kind of like that uh, special... A uh, gun in, in my in my arsenal there. I want to bring out. I should have teased that. But me, me and Matt Taylor will have a good time talking too. So, Randy, thank you again. Make sure you tune into the Buckhorn 
<laughs> Book or podcast. Thank you again to Jason Collins. Nobody likes it. Charlie at the box. <laughs> Die Hard's not a Christmas movie. <laughs> Yeah, Buckhorn Podcast, guys, and I'm going to give you a heads up for those of you that... I love Rob's show because it's something I can listen to anytime. Our show is not family-friendly. Not uh, it's, G-rated. It's, it's more comedy-based, and we talk about whatever we want. It's two guys hanging out just having a good combo. but uh, check, it out, check us out if you want anywhere you can get your podcasts. All right. Thank you again, Randy. You Thank guys you. have a great, great week. Make sure to wash your hands, and we will talk to you later. Peace. I'll be back.